Good morning, everyone. It is great to see so many of you here in person. Uh, and as always, good morning to those who are watching online as well. I uh, wanted to let everyone know we have our Mother's Day roses sale coming up. Uh, that's with the Sarah Rayburn Johnson Memorial Scholarship Fund. And that's for the Early Learning Center here at the church. Um, if you have any questions about that, it helps uh, with the tuition for qualifying students for the Early Learning Center. You can talk to Helene Haller uh, with questions about that. Want to let you know we had um, a kayaking trip just yesterday. That's why I have sunburn. There was 17 uh, youth and parents uh, and adults that went on that trip. Um, I want to let you know that eight of the 17 did fall in the cold water yesterday. Um, so I can tell you, um, this is important church information. I can tell you if you ever need to be rescued by boat, who not to trust in the church, okay? Philip Johnson, who greeted you at the door, he's one of our ushers today, he's fantastic. Uh, he came with us. That's who you want to trust. Mark Casey, um, if he's watching this service, he would be online this morning. He fell getting into his kayak. Don't trust the Casey family for help being rescued on a boat, okay? So anyway, they had a great time. The youth and kids are having a blast on Wednesday nights. Catherine, aren't they loving it? They're loving it. Um, so, and Harriet Murray has a Bible study on Wednesday nights in person. Sam has one online. Both are the best Bible studies in all of Alabama. But there's lots of fun going on here. Lots of Bible studies, Sunday school classes that you can connect with. Some in person, some online. You can check out the church website or the app for details about those. And our last announcement, it is almost time for vacation Bible school. Can you believe it? Um, and Catherine Barnes is over there. If you want to ask her lots of questions, this is uh, Discovery on Adventure Island is the theme. And that's going to be June 7th through 10th. You can register on the website or Facebook. Um, and if you want to not just uh, register a child, you can also register yourself to volunteer. How much fun does that sound like? It's going to be great. Um, so please go ahead and do that. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful to be at church this beautiful Sunday morning. We're thankful to be uh, surrounded by uh, so many people we love and care about here in this sanctuary. Uh, we pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we worship this morning, I invite you to stand as we sing together hymn 310, He Lives Within My Heart.
Would you please remain standing and join us in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now you may be seated, and, and unless you're a kid or a child at heart and you want to go to Children's Church, Miss Catherine's going to take you to Children's Church, and Andy, I know Andy's headed that way, but he, he, you know, he might get in trouble if he went to Children's Church, so everybody else is free to go, so it's good to see y'all. Pastor Andy, by the way, um, Tammy and I were, went to Decatur yesterday while they were on the kayak trip. We didn't get to go. And I, I texted Andy and said, hey, how did the kayak trip go? He said, we're still on it. We're still on the river. So don't text and drive, Andy. That's, that's a bad habit. Yeah. I'm so glad you're with us today. To all of our, my friends and family and all of you who are worshiping with us online, welcome. We're glad that you're connected with us that way. Um, it is an honor to be here. It's, it's wonderful to be able to worship with you. Uh, that song that we just sang, He Lives, just, it just, I don't know, it just picks you right up. And so it's, it's good. It's good to hear y'all sing. It really is. Um, we uh, are so thankful for your giving. Our Alleluia offering has been great. If you haven't sent yours in, you still can do it. We're going to have a wonderful children's worship space with, with uh, some of the money from our Alleluia offering. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be named after somebody that we love, 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 and, and we miss so much, uh, Joan Hightower. Uh, but it's going to be something that Joan is going to be smiling down from heaven about, and we are going to love it. Our children are going to love it. Our parents are going to love it. If you haven't given your Alleluia offering, go ahead and send that on in. Uh, give, we, of course, depend on your tithes and offerings, and we're so thankful for them to be able to do the ministry that we do, and I'm thankful for all of that. We want your prayer requests. We really do. If you give us a prayer request, we pray for you. Uh, if you have joys and celebration, we want to hear about those too. I was just talking with Marion about a celebration that she had, an answer to prayer. Uh, and it's amazing. It's wonderful. But we do have a lot of needs, and we do love to pray for each other. So um, join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer. The Lord, still our hearts today over anything that we might be anxious over. Give us your peace over tomorrow tomorrow 
knowing that, that you have tomorrow in your hands. Give us your peace over yesterday because yesterday's gone and your forgiveness is bountiful and your mercy is wonderful and we learn through hardship, Lord. So help us to learn those lessons well. And Lord, for um, guidance and direction, send your Holy Spirit to lead our feet uh, on the path that you had, would have us go, not just, um, not just as individuals, but Lord, as a community, as a church, as a state, as a nation. Uh, we depend on you. Without you, apart from you, we can do nothing. And Lord, we have needs on our hearts that we bring with us today. People who, who need a touch from you. They need a healing touch. We have uh, friends who are struggling right now, who, who need strength, who need uh, to be encouraged and lifted up. We pray that you do that even now, that they would know that their friends are praying for, for them right now. And God, show us how we can be the hands and feet of, of Jesus to be the answer to our own prayers and supplications. And teach us to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
if, if I weren't uh, an uptight Methodist, I'd be saying amen. <laughs> amen anyway, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that, my favorite hymn, and what a beautiful arrangement of that. And then we got to stand up and sing it too. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, we are going to continue the theme of connection and reconnecting. Because I don't know about you, but over the last year, there have been lots of times that I felt disconnected. And so I thought it would be important for us in 2021 to think about how to reconnect. And we talked about feeling disconnected last week. Today we're talking about one of the ways that we have got to make sure we're connected, and that is through prayer. One of the best passages in the Bible about being connected and what comes from being connected is John chapter 15. So that's going to be our scripture today, John 15, 1 through 8, about the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, Jesus said, and my father is the vine grower. He removes or he lifts up every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vines, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Many of you know that I grew up on a farm. Anybody else grow up on a farm, by the way? Some of y'all. Um, now, when I say I grew up on the farm, don't, don't get in your mind little house on the prairie. Look, I did not get up before dawn and go milk the cows and then walk to school uphill both ways or anything like that through the driving snow. It wasn't like that. And don't get in your mind that we had this humongous garden because we didn't. We had, now look, we had livestock, we had fences, we had barns and all of that. It was a real farm and we worked on it, but we didn't have a huge garden because, because my mom and dad both grew up having to work in the garden because they had big families and that's how you fed your family back then. And um, another reason was my grandmother had a big a garden big enough to feed the whole neighborhood and we just worked in her garden you know we helped her my thumbs still get sore when I think about shelling butter beans you know what I mean you, you know lots of things I didn't mind doing but I love to eat them I didn't like to shell them made my thumbs turn green and get sore we did on our farm grow some things though we uh, we grew tomatoes yeah, tomatoes. And my dad loved tomatoes more than any person I've ever known. T 
to love tomatoes. And his philosophy about tomatoes was like his philosophy about most things. His philosophy went like this. If three tomato vines would be good, 30 tomato vines would be even better. So we had lots and lots of tomato vines. So um, I want to paint a mental picture for you. And you know, I, a few weeks ago, I, I talked about peanut butter and banana sandwiches. And, I, and some of you sent me pictures of your peanut butter and banana sandwich. I got you thinking that way. I'm getting you th to think about a tomato sandwich today. I want you picture in your mind homegrown vine ripened tomatoes sliced thick on white bread with lots of mayonnaise and salt and pepper. Pastor Andy, sorry that I mentioned mayonnaise, but um, can you just picture that in your mind? Is there anything better than a good tomato sandwich? I don't, if you're from the South, I don't think that you, you can find much better than that. But now, I'm talking about tomatoes because I know very little about grapevines. I'll just be honest with you. But I do know a little bit about tomato vines. And, and you can kind of get the gist. It's the same thing. It's the same kind of thing. You got the vine, right? You got the branches. You've got the farmer, the vine dresser, who is responsible for taking care, making sure that it's staked and tied, you know, so, so it does like it's supposed to. Uh, and then you got the fruit. Remember, a tomato's a fruit, right? Took me a long time to know that. It, don't put it in fruit salad, but it's a fruit, right? So, and it's all about the fruit because one does not grow tomato vines or grape vines just because of the looks. You grow it because of the fruit. It's all about the fruit. So now that I've got you picturing tomato sandwiches in your mind, and you can send me pictures if you, if you have a good tomato sandwich today. If you've got a, a good source for tomatoes this time of the year, I want to know about that too. See me afterwards. I want you to shift in your mind to the scene of John chapter 15 that we just read. The, the disciples and Jesus had just celebrated the Passover meal in the upper room. Uh, they had gone into Jerusalem with, with Jesus trying to explain to his disciples that they were going to Jerusalem not for him to take over the place as a military or a political leader, but for him to give up his life. But the disciples just couldn't or wouldn't hear that. Okay? Have you ever tried to tell somebody something and they couldn't or wouldn't hear it? Have you ever been there? My wife is raising her hand in the back of the room. Uh, but they couldn't hear it or they wouldn't hear it. Where were they thinking? Where, where was their mind going? Well, they remembered what Jesus was like riding in uh, with people yelling and cheering and waving palm branches. So they were thinking, hey, what's my new cabinet post going to be when Jesus establishes his government you know, I bet I'm going to have a spot better than him because they were arguing about who was going to be the greatest when they went into the upper room. They were arguing about which one was going to be the greatest. And imagine how shocked they were when Jesus, after supper, got up and wrapped a towel around his waist and got down and washed their dirty feet. You see, 
our plans many times don't look anything like God's plans, do they? And then Jesus got their attention even more by saying, one of you is going to betray me. Betray you, Jesus? Really? One of us? It's not me, is it? Could it be me? Hmm, I bet it's him. And then, and then Jesus said to them, I'm only going to be with you for a little while longer because I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. And so by the time Jesus went through all of this with the foot washing and the one of you will betray me and all of this, they were pretty much upset. And in, in the South, we would say they were in a tizzy. And Jesus told them in John chapter 14, don't let your heart be in a tizzy. I'm going to give you my peace. And he said, there's a lot more things that I would like to say to you, but not here. At the end of chapter 14, he said, arise and let us go from this place. So they got up and picture in your mind them filing out of the upper room with their minds confused and their feet still damp from where Jesus washed them going through the streets of Jerusalem, probably quiet, probably trying to sort out all of this stuff in their minds. And they go out of the city and, and they go walking down through the valley toward the Mount of Olives and picture them coming into a vineyard because vineyards were all around the city of Jerusalem. Rows and rows of grapevines all around them. Can you picture that? And Jesus stops, picturing in your mind, Jesus stops and he reaches over and he grabs a bunch of grapes and he holds it in his hand. Across the valley they can see the Mount of Olives. They can see the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to take them, where Jesus is going to fall on his face and pray, where Jesus is going to be betrayed. And arrested but for now he holds this cluster of grapes in his mind he's got only a short time left with these disciples that he loves so much he's got one more thing really he can teach them and his one more thing isn't about buildings and budgets and drawing a crowd it's about fruit it's really what it's about Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine grower. And here's how my father is glorified, Jesus said. By you bearing lots and lots of fruit and so proving to be my disciples. So that's it. If you've ever wondered what God wants for you, which we do. Sometimes we even say that. God, what do you want for me? What's your will for me? If you ever wondered what God's will for our church is, here it is. That you be fruitful. That you have lots and lots of fruit. That you have that inner fruit of the Spirit. That you have that outward fruit of good works and ministry. That you have the fruit that comes from making new disciples and reaching out to them and having them come along and follow Jesus with you. Fruit, fruit, fruit. 
is all about fruit because one does not grow tomato vines or grapevines because of the looks. They grow them for the fruit. Don't you want a fruitful life? I do. Don't you want a, a, a fruitful church? I do. That's the only kind of church I want to be a part of. Jesus' teaching here is simple. Even though it's profound, it's simple. It's not complicated. The only way we can be fruitful is by being connected. No connection, no fruit, no prayer life, no connection. I want to say that again because it's kind of important. No connection, no fruit, no prayer life, no connection. So Jesus puts this image out in his disciples' minds, most probably standing right in the middle of a vineyard because that's just how Jesus liked to operate. Jesus loved teachable moments. Jesus loved to use common, everyday, real-life things right in front of their faces to teach these profound, important lessons. He did it all the time. In John chapter 6, right after Jesus fed the 5,000, he fed them bread, enough for everybody with some left over. So with the taste of bread still on their mouth, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Oh. In John chapter 9, right after Jesus healed the blind man, he could see. Let there be light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. When John saw people running around like a sheep without a shepherd in, in John chapter 10, he said, I'm the good shepherd. You see, over and over again. Well, I'll give you one more. In John chapter 14, the disciples were really upset at all the things that Jesus was telling them, that he was going to go away, he was going to prepare a place for them, and he would come back and get them. And Thomas was really upset. He said, Lord, where are you going, and how do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, right? And the truth and the life. So in this passage today, John chapter 15, they had just had communion together, y'all. They, they still had the taste of wine on their breath. And Jesus said, I'm the true vine. You're the branches. My father's the vine grower. Now, did you, did you catch that little word true in there? I'm the true vine. Because it's important. It reminds us that there are false vines that you could connect yourself to that wouldn't at all bear the fruit that you would want it to. If you're only connected to the vine of tradition and ritual like the Pharisees were, then you don't bear fruit that gives glory to God. You basically give glory to yourself. If you're only connected to material things and stuff, then it basically pierces your heart and does not bring glory to God and will take you down the road of ruin. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, our lives don't consist of the abundance of possessions. Sometimes we're connected 
to ourselves. Now, let me explain that. It's kind of at the heart of what it means to be self-centered. It means to be connected to yourself. It means to say, what's in it for me? I read an article one time about people that did really dumb things. And no, I wasn't in the article. I probably could have been in there, but I wasn't in this particular one. But I read the story in there about this guy. And y'all, he bought a new computer and took it home. He was trying to get it to work. It wouldn't work. Been there. But he swore that he was doing everything just right. He called that hotline, you know? that customer service hotline and they were troubleshooting and everything and he just insisted you got to send somebody you know like from the geek squad or whatever they had you've got to send somebody out here to my house right now because I'm doing everything right and it's not working okay sir okay we'll send somebody and the person got there for technical support and you know what the problem was he had plugged the power strip back into itself instead of into the wall yeah, I'm probably related to him. But when we are plugged into ourselves in a self-centered way, that's just what we get. We just get nothing. You can't bear fruit unless you're connected. And you can't be connected if you have no prayer life. So Jesus is the true vine. God's the vine dresser, the vine grower, the farmer, the one who cares for the branches, the one who prunes them when they need pruning, the one who, who lifts them up and ties them to the trellis when they need to be directed, right? We're the branches. Sometimes we need pruning, don't we? I'll confess, I got pruned last year. The year of 2020 was like a year of pruning for me. It was like everything shut down. I couldn't go anywhere. I was there and I had a lot of time to think about what was really important. And some of the things that I thought previous to 2020 that were really, really important turns out were not all of that important after all. And God pruned some things out of my life. And ouch, it hurt. But yes, thank God. Because I'm a more fruitful person because of it. That's the way pruning does. We're totally dependent, you know. As branches are, we're totally dependent on the vine. We're totally dependent on the vine grower. We can't do anything. We can't be fruitful apart from them. Jesus said in verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's about the size of it. So remember what God wants for us, not to just look pretty, but to have fruit, to be bountiful in their fruitfulness. And I know sometimes I use, I use words like bearing fruit and things like that and you think if you haven't been in church your whole life what in the world are you talking about preacher you're just using religious churchy words I'm talking about what Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit okay love joy peace 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the, the inward fruit that makes life sweet, that makes you the kind of person that you want to be. And I'm talking about the outward fruit of good works and ministry for God's glory. I'm talking about reaching out and connecting with other people who want to be a part of our church family and join us as we're trying to follow Jesus. Abundant fruitfulness. To be like, if you could picture a basket, picture a basket, one that's just overflowing with fruit. So how do we get there? Connection to the vine. No connection, no fruit, no prayer life, no connection. So I want to close by painting one more mental picture. And this one I got from a little book that I found real helpful. A little book called Secrets of the Vine by Bruce Wilkinson. So I want you to imagine yourself walking through a vineyard and you're going down one row. The first row you go down, uh, it's got branches from the vine, but the branches are just hanging down on the ground. They've somehow fallen down and, and they've gotten all dusty. And then when it's rained, they've gotten muddy. They're just kind of gross looking. And they've even started to mold. And in front of this set of vines and, and branches, in front of these branches is a basket. And the basket is just empty. No grapes in there. So then you turn the corner and you go down the second row. And the second row has branches that have lots and lots and lots of leaves, just leaves everywhere, just making this green canopy that from a distance looks just great. But then the closer you get, you see it's just all leaves. Because on the basket in front of these branches is a basket. It's got just a few little puny looking grapes in there. It's mostly just leaves. And now the next row you go down has branches that have just been pretty drastically cut back and pruned by the vine dresser. It's not a flashy row at all. And the vine branches are firmly secured to the vine and firmly secured to the trellis, okay, so that they go in the direction that they're supposed to go and so that they don't fall down in the mud. And on the ground by these branches is another basket and it's overflowing with big, fat, juicy grapes. You got those pictures in your mind? So may I ask you a personal question? Which one of those baskets most represents your spiritual life right now? The one that's empty, the one that's got just a handful of grapes, or the one that's overflowing? I know that's a personal question. But since I ask you a personal question, I'll make a personal confession to you. My life does not always look like the overflowing, abundant basket. There's, there's been plenty of times, there's been plenty of times when I've been like the branches that are just falling down in the mud. I don't know, somehow I've gotten disconnected. 
somehow I, I've, I've gotten, maybe I, I've just kind of been beat down and I'm just almost moldy, just not producing any fruit at all. Well, what does God do? Because God's the vine dresser. If, if I'm all down in the mud. Verse 2, when I was reading that, it says he, he takes away um, every branch that doesn't bear fruit. The, the Greek word here, it means take up. And I think that's a better way to look at this, to take up, because the, the, the branch is valuable to the vine dresser, right? So if you're a branch and you're laying down in the mud, then the vine dresser takes you up and cleanses you and ties you to the trellis so that you got a chance to bear fruit. There have been times that I have been like the leafy branches that I've had lots and lots and lots of busy things. Some of them really, really good things. Some in just really important things, but just leaves, just leaves. And I've been so busy that I let my prayer life go by the wayside. I've been so busy that I let my devotional life slide. And that meant that I wasn't really connected, not really to the source of life-giving, fruit-giving spirit. I wasn't abiding in the vine and so what does God do when that's the situation? God prunes the fire out of me. You know, sometimes the most fruitful thing you can do is to learn how to say no to some things. And just, just let God prune you. Now, it hurts. On our own, we would probably not even submit ourselves to it. You know, we have whined, we'd rebel against the pruning, but God loves us. And remember, what does God want from us? Fruit, fruit, that's what God wants. I want to be fruitful, don't you? I want our church to be fruitful. God wants an abundant life, an overflowing basket of fruit for us and connection to the vine that's it no connection no fruit no prayer life no connection let us pray lord we thank you that that your gracious wise plan for us is not to try to bloom on our own, not to just try to do it our way, not to be like a tumbleweed or a piece of kindling, but to be connected to you, the source of everything we need to have a fruitful life. You're the source. Prune us, Lord, when we need it, but you're the source. Apart from you, we can do nothing. With you, nothing is impossible. In Jesus' name, amen.
Our closing hymn today is number 454. And I, I mean, if you've got one of these hymnals at home, that's great. If not, uh, the words are going to be right up there. Open my eyes that I may see. Will you sing this and not just sing it as a song, but offer it as a prayer? Let's stand together. And now with open eyes and open ears, with open hearts and with open mouths to tell the good news, let us depart from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.